Our third scripture, Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Now, I know my Bible is a little different than the ones in the pews, so if it's a little off or a little different. At that time, Jesus arrived from Galilee and came to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to make him change his mind. I ought to be baptized by you, John said, and yet you have come to me. But Jesus answered him, Let it be so for now, for in this way we shall do all that God requires. So John agreed. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. Then heaven was opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove and lighting on him. Then a voice said from heaven, This is my own son, my own dear son with whom I am pleased. For those of you who know, I pace around a bit. I have to admit, I had a little bit of trouble with this scripture, just to click and say, what am I going to say? And then it just kind of latched on John the Baptist, his very name, John the Baptist, that was what he did. He baptized. But he said, when Jesus said, baptize me, what did he say? He said, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't mean me baptizing you. I'm not qualified. And we see that throughout the Bible. A lot of people that aren't qualified. We have Noah, who God said, I want you to build an ark. And Noah was kind of like, whoa, whoa, wait wait a minute. (laughs) You want me to do what? And we have Moses, who, who God said, lead my people out of Egypt. And what did Moses say? You didn't mean me, right? As a matter of fact, if I recall correctly, he asked for somebody else to come and help him because he wasn't qualified. Who's been asked to do something that you really didn't feel qualified to do? Oh, there's a few people that kept their hands down. You've never done anything you didn't feel qualified to do? I think all of us are unqualified until we become qualified. Until we do, until we step forward. And sometimes until until God says, hey, I want you to do this, And we're sitting there doing the back steps saying, whoa, 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 that, that wasn't me that you were asking to do this. But yet, we we move forward, we go forward. But sometimes we don't succeed. As was excellently put by the children, sometimes we fail. A lot of you know that I was in the Navy. My career in the Navy ended before I wanted. If you had asked me when I joined the Navy, how long was I going to put in? If you had a 20-year paper, I would have signed it right then because that's what I was going to do. But I wound up having a son, and my wife at the time wasn't able to take care of him. So what did I do? 
I left the Navy to take care of my son, and she is my ex-wife. So I failed at that marriage also. And trust me, at the time, it weighed heavy on my heart. But I look forth and say, if I had succeeded in what I had wanted, I wouldn't be here. I, I wouldn't be able to stand before you. I wouldn't be an attorney. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, my dear daughter Tessa would not exist. So my failure led to some of the greatest successes in my life. But it wasn't my plan. It wasn't what I had intended to do. We shall do all that God requires. That's, that's what Jesus said to John the Baptist. We shall do all that God requires. And are we open to that? Do we listen and do we understand that sometimes our failures help us to learn and grow and be more? I remember when, when I was going to go to law school. Now, if you ask me, why did I want to go to law school? I, I can't articulate it, but I decided to take the LSAT, the law school admissions test. Now, for me, I could get a scholarship depending on the score I got on that test. And you can take that test three times in a two-year period. So the first time I took it, now, I would get a 75% scholarship if I had a 157, an 85% scholarship if I had a 158, and 100% if I had a 159. And I took it the first time. Notice the first, so there's more. And I received a 157. I had a 75% scholarship. But I'm one point away from 85 and two points away from 100, so you can take it three times in a two-year period, so what did I do? I took it again, and I received a 158. So I had an 85% scholarship to law school, but I'm one point away from 100%. And the school I was going to just took your highest score. So I took it a third time and I received a 161. So I had 100% scholarship to law school. And now, you would think now this is easy. All right, Todd's going to law school. But I knew how much work this was going to be, and I, I, I dreaded it. I, I was apprehensive. Could I do it? it I, my very first term, I'd be having two classes on Saturday, two classes on Sunday, and enough homework to choke a horse. So I was still lamenting, still in turmoil. And a dear friend of mine, I was talking to, and I made comment that I had this 100% scholarship. And he said, oh, well, how do you turn that down? And it was a click. And it was suddenly, I knew my path. Oh, how do you turn that down? So off I went. So sometimes you get guidance from people. As I stated, God's mighty works within us. And sometimes you're that mighty work. God gives you the voice to help guide people in a positive way. And, and we mentioned failures. I remember my son, Nicholas, when he was little. He came and wanted something out of a car. And I was inside a building. And I said, oh, go for it. He goes out, and the door is locked. Now, at that moment in time, I could walk out there. I could unlock the car. He could get it, no problem. But I watched through the window as he realized the window of the car was down, and he climbed through the window. Now, my heart started pounding because he's a little kid, and I'm like, whoa, but I let him do it. Now, would he have gained the confidence 
and the security and the wherewithal that he, his value if I just stepped out and done that for him. I remember another time, again, Nicholas, he was mowing the grass and he shut off the lawnmower. Now this is a lawnmower that had the power drive and suddenly he realized he needed to go up a hill. And he tried to push it up the hill and he couldn't do it. He tried to restart the lawnmower, couldn't do it. And again, I could have walked over and just done it for him. But I waited. He turned the lawnmower around and he pulled it up the hill and he succeeded. His two earlier failures brought him to his success and brought him to his own realization a little bit more of who he was and his value. I recently had a client that came to me and they were, they made the comment that they were trying to be perfect for somebody else. And I thought about this and I said, you can't be perfect for somebody else. Who here is perfect? Who here is not perfect? See, I see all these hands and then it dawned on me also as I was going through this and I realized we're not perfect, but we are perfectly us. Tessa is perfect Tessa. Kim is a perfect Kim. Carl is a perfect Carl. Bill is a perfect Bill. You are perfectly you. God didn't sit back when you were made and have a hands off. He made you perfectly for you. Not to be somebody else, not to strive to take up the mantle of another person, but to be you, to take your place. He made you as his own. God knows your value. God knows how absolutely perfect you are for you. I am most certainly not a perfect Tessa, but I'm not meant to be. God works within us. Just as my friend gave me a little guidance that helped me on my path, we're able to do that all the time. Because you see, we are not God's alternate plan. We're not plan B. We're not in case things don't go right, he turns to us. We are God's plan. He has made you perfectly. He has set you about to help others, to be who you are, to guide others in a perfect path. Is that perfect path what we deem as perfect? It's not our plan. How many people have had plans that didn't go the way you wanted it, but went by far better once you gave it to God? Even though we don't feel able in many situations, God has trusted us. He didn't, he didn't trust us and not, just as my son, I didn't walk away and let him just struggle. I watched. I made sure that he did succeed, but I helped him to become better for who he is, just as God helps us. He doesn't always answer our prayers. He doesn't always give us the hand up and make it an easy path, but he's always there for us. 
God makes us ready. Sometimes it's a hard path, sometimes it's not easy, and sometimes we don't see it right away. But be God's mighty works within us. We have the capability of being God's people with empathy, with compassion, with hope, and of course, the greatest of all, with love. When we interact with everyone around us, let us show that. And one step further than that, let us accept it from others. For sometimes we throw up our own barriers for our own pride, for our own tears, for our own anxiety, and we don't let somebody else shine to us, which is also a blessing. It's a blessing for them and a blessing for us. So let us be those mighty works that God puts forth within us. So I pray that we do accept God's gifts. I pray that in accepting those gifts, it's not just what we're able to do, but what we're able to help others to achieve. How many have been a listening ear to somebody in need? A couple hands. Sometimes that is more powerful than giving advice or making statements, but sometimes you give just a little bit of advice that you will never know how massive that is to anybody else. Just as my dear friend who gave me that little piece of advice that calmed my nerves, lifted my anxiety, and helped me to proceed where I needed to go. But I needed that little voice to say it. So let us listen. Let us have compassion. Let us have hope. And let us have love for one another. Amen. Amen.